You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Welcome, everybody. It is so great to have you join us today online. What an incredible time this is. I know it's difficult, and uh, there's a lot of struggles that we're facing. And uh, in spite of all that, man, God is doing some good good things. And I'm so thankful we get to do this. We get to join you in your living room, wherever you might be. In fact, what I want to challenge you to do real quick, whoever you're gathered with, your family, whoever in your room, uh, your living room, wherever it might be, I want you to take a quick group picture and post it. Tag Calvary Church. Let us know how you're watching today. Maybe you're in your pajamas. Maybe you got all dressed up. Whatever it might be. Maybe you're eating breakfast still or an early lunch. Uh, Whatever it is, Take a picture, post it, tag us, Calvary Church, and uh, let us know how you're watching today. Uh, I want to share a couple quick updates, and then we're going to dive into God's Word this morning. First of all, this Wednesday, I'm super excited. We're going to be launching our Catalyst Groups. Uh, If you haven't been part of our Catalyst Groups, these are opportunities to really go deeper in our walk with God. And uh, we're going to be launching all three of them, a moving faith uh, growing faith and sharing faith this Wednesday, all online. And if you'd like to join one of those, you can go to groups.calvaryirwin.com, sign up, and uh, it's going to be an incredible semester, eight weeks, as we dive into God's Word and how we can grow, how we can learn, how we can share our faith. Uh, I hope you can join us for those. Uh, last thing, uh, we are on YouTube, and especially if you haven't been following this, our Calvary kids are on YouTube. Pastor Ron and his team are putting together some incredible content and videos. If you go and like like our Facebook, or, or like our uh, Calvary Kids YouTube channel, subscribe to it. Uh, you can go to godloveseverykid.com and it'll take you right to that YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. They're putting out videos almost every day, a lot of cool activities and things you can do with your kids. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, today, here we are, you know, 2020. Uh, who would have ever thought in March we would find ourselves in this place? So many of us, you know, confined to our homes, maybe not able to work. And this can be a discouraging, difficult, painful time. You know, when I was a youth pastor here about 15 years ago, one of the more frightening moments I experienced uh, happened this one night where the security alarm of the church went off. Now, you have to understand, I lived behind the church in the parsonage at the top of the hill. uh, So I was the closest one that would get the phone call. So it was the middle of the night, uh, security system goes off, the security company calls me, and uh, they said there's movement in one of the main quadrants of the church. And I was like, what in the world? All I could think of is someone's broken in, someone's uh, walking through the church, they're gonna steal stuff, what's gonna happen? And they asked me, do you want us to send the police? And I was like, you better believe so. Send the police. I'm not fighting them off. I uh, am not Chuck Norris. I can't do that. But send the guys who uh, are armed and ready to protect our church. So uh, they sent the police. I remember sitting out in front of the house waiting for the police to arrive. They finally arrived. They brought a canine unit, which was awesome. Uh, I opened up the church doors and let them go first. And the, the police officers and the canine unit, they go in and they walk into this dark, blacked out sanctuary. And I remember being so incredibly frightened walking into that room. Because I didn't know what was happening. I, I didn't know if I was going to get jumped or something worse. And it, it was scary uh, fortunately, it wasn't a criminal that uh, broke in. It was just a pesky bat. So it was all good. Um, but it's amazing. It's amazing how walking into a dark room, how walking into darkness can be frightening. You know, still to this day, when I walk through our sanctuary at night and the lights are out and it's dark, it's still pretty scary. It's pretty frightening. 
And it isn't amazing how walking into a dark room down a dark hallway can be a little frightening, even if you're in the safety of your own home or a place that you're familiar with. It's because there's something frightening about darkness. Whether you're walking down a dark hallway in a dark basement, going to your car in a dark parking lot, it's frightening to, to, to step out in darkness because there's a number of things that are unknown. What's down that hall? What's, what's around that corner? What, what might be in that room? We don't really know for sure. And, and what makes it so scary is God has blessed us with an amazing imagination. We can dream and imagine anything, but in difficult circumstances, we imagine the worst. Like someone's gonna get us. Something's going to happen to us. We know there's someone waiting to jump out and, and on us or, or something horrible is about to happen and that's where our imagination goes. Given our current circumstances and the impact of COVID-19 is having our, in our country, this can be like standing in a dark room worrying about what's going to jump out at us next. What's going to happen next? I, I don't know where your mind goes in times like these, but I'll be honest, my, my mind races in so many different directions. You know, I think about what would happen if one of my family members gets diagnosed and we have to be quarantined. Or what happens if we can't even do this broadcast? Or, 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 or when I go to the grocery store and Heidi, my wife, sends me to get a list of all the things that we need. And I, I interact with people and, 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 and see different people that I know. And, and while I'm listening to what they're saying, all I can think about is how can I keep my distance so I don't catch anything. I don't know if you're like that or it's just me. Our imaginations are a wonderful and yet dangerous thing. And while dark rooms or dark parking lots can be frightening, everything changes the moment light pierces the darkness. The moment you flip that light switch, you tell Alexa to turn on your living room lights, or, or you open that car door and the light comes on, as soon as there's even a small amount of light, fear dissipates, doesn't it? Because light illuminates the unknown. It, 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 it provides direction, insight, understanding. Light disperses darkness and transforms our entire outlook. And in any scary moments where our minds are starting to go, and, and, and the greatest thing we can do is to come back to what we know to be true. God's word becomes the light that illuminates the darkness. This is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105. He writes this, that your word is a lamp to my feet, a light upon my path. And, and this is why ultimately we're here today. We're here to open God's word, to see how God can illuminate the path before us on this crazy journey we find ourselves on. This month we're walking through the book of Philippians. And Philippians originally wasn't a book of the Bible. If you're not familiar, Philippians is in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. Uh, this, this book was originally a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote to the church in Philippi. And it, it was this letter that he was writing about how do we face difficulty? How do we address difficulty? And, and in chapter 2, he, he, he addresses our response to struggles, the difficulty that we face. And in the opening part of this chapter, he writes about Christ's response, his humility, as he endured incredible pain and struggles that he didn't deserve as he was hung upon the cross. And then, then Paul makes this really outrageous statement halfway through the chapter. He, he says, and we should have the same attitude as Christ had, which is just crazy, remarkable, all at the same time. What, what Paul is really setting up 
is what he writes in the second half of the chapter. This overarching idea of the entire chapter. And this is what I want to share with you briefly here this morning. This simple idea. That hope shines through our attitudes, not simply our actions. Hope shines through our attitudes, not simply actions. Here's how Paul explains this for you and me. In in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for if it is God who works in you to will and to act in, a, in order to fulfill his good purpose. When you look at these two verses, man, there's so much packed into this. First of all, Paul was the first person to pastor and lead through social distancing. See, a large portion of the New Testament were letters that Paul wrote. And, and those letters, many of them were written while he was in prison for preaching the gospel, or, or was at least uh, at a distance from the churches he started. And he wrote these churches, these letters to, to care for, to pastor his church, even from a distance. And as he writes this letter, he makes a statement. He says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you might be thinking, wait, I'm, I thought we weren't supposed to be afraid. I, I, and we definitely aren't supposed to be trembling. Like, aren't we supposed to be bold and courageous, not not huddled and worried about what we're facing. And this is what I love about Paul and his writings. He's pretty honest, straightforward, and real. See, working out our salvation, working out this idea of salvation, reconciling our mistakes, our circumstances, and Christ's promises isn't something we come to quickly or easily. It's a natural struggle. It's something we struggle through, we work through, we wrestle with. We don't run from that struggle, but we embrace it. Maybe this time has been a struggle for you to reconcile your, your faith with the fears that are overwhelming you. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, doubts and questions aren't bad. What's important is to dig in what's behind those doubts, what's behind those questions. Be willing to wrestle with the questions of faith at this time with your friends, your spouse, your kids, those around you. Maybe even join a catalyst group where we can walk through that together. We can struggle through that together. Challenge yourself to process your questions. Don't simply settle for the doubts. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And do so with this truth that Paul shares, illuminating the way that God is working all things. He's working in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And then Paul, as he shares this in these two verses, he gets to what it produces. What, what this approach produces. In verse 14 he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Can you say, wherever you're at, can you just say grumbling or arguing? I know, it makes you feel angry. Like, how dare he say that? How dare Paul say, do you have any idea what I'm going through? I have like one roll of toilet paper for the next three weeks. I don't know how I'm going to survive. This is miserable. Does Paul even know what he's talking about? Grumbling and arguing. Now, understand the context that Paul wrote this. Paul was on house arrest in Rome. What that meant is he's chained up, like in chains. He's got an armed Roman soldier by his side 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Paul wasn't exactly in a cushy situation. He wasn't living in some penthouse overlooking the beach with everything perfect. Like, he was walking through his own difficulty. And he writes, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Don't complain about what isn't there. Don't argue about why it should be better. 
Don't, don't, don't do any of that. And he writes this not because things will get better or, or that what we're, what, we're, what we're facing won't break us or, or God is going to magically remove us from, from difficulty or uncertainty. That's what we would think, like, man, if I just do this, then God's going to remove it from me, or God's going to work it all out, or, or this isn't going to overwhelm me or, or, or break me. But, but that's not what Paul's saying. He, he's not saying any of those things. He's saying, really, hope shines through your attitudes, not simply your actions. Your attitude is such a key part of what he's talking about. And here's what he continues to write. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Can you say blameless and pure? Blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine. Can you say shine? You can do like spirit fingers if you want. Shine, do that. That can be a nice meme for someone out there. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. In other words, in a world that is so full of darkness today, depression, full of anxiety, your attitude, your response to overwhelming circumstances becomes the light that pierces the darkness troubling our world. People all over the world have found themselves standing in darkness today. Many of them are already in darkness, but, but the darkness has never been heavier and more evident than it is at this time in history. And, and the last thing they need is someone yelling at them, telling them that they're standing in darkness. They are fully aware of that fact. What our world needs is more people willing to shine like stars in the sky, holding firmly to the word of life. Because hope shines through attitudes, not simply actions. Or, or maybe, maybe you're watching today and you were just, you know, surfing Facebook or, or the internet and you came across this and maybe someone invited you. Or maybe you're watching today and all that is happening in our world has become this dark cloud hanging over your head and you, you can't seem to escape it. You, you, you fear what's going to happen next. You're worried how your family's going to be affected. You, you, you're going, how you're going to make it financially. Like, are you going to have enough food to eat? Things you never thought you'd be worrying about. And here you are worrying about them every single day. And, and the more you think about it, the more frightened you become because you're standing in a giant dark room, not sure what's, coming at, what's going to come at you next, and you don't know where the light switch is. And you're so worried and overcome. And if that's you today, I am so very glad that you've tuned into this live stream. Because there is a light switch. There is hope. There is hope. Even in the face of a pandemic where the end is not in sight, there is still hope. Hope is not simply found in the actions of a person, but in the attitude with which those actions were taken. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was supernaturally born to Mary and Joseph. He was literally God in the flesh. You would expect God in the flesh to be born into royalty, but, but he was not. He was born into a blue-collar working family. He would be raised in that home and eventually begin traveling the Jewish countryside. And, and, and as an adult, he began teaching about this new way of life that he was calling people to live. 
After gathering huge crowds everywhere he went, he would eventually be sentenced to be crucified by by the religious leaders because they feared his following. Although he had never done a single thing wrong, Jesus would be hung upon a cross to die. It was the most painful form of torture and death the Romans had available to them. And Jesus would breathe his last excruciating breath upon that cross. There were so many things that happened to Jesus during his lifetime. And especially through his death that he didn't deserve. And he had every right to be angry about or complain about. But the hope he embodied wasn't simply found in his actions and what they produced. It was found in the attitude through those actions. Because hope, hope shines through attitudes, not simply actions. You see, as Paul writes here, God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, that's what God was doing through Jesus. What is God's purpose? God's purpose is that light invades darkness. The darkness of your life, your heart, your mind, there is a light that can illuminate your fear, can break the chains that have bound you. Jesus loves you so very much. He, he has not abandoned you. He has not forgotten you. He, he brought this live stream today, this broadcast, into your life, into your home or wherever you find yourself today for a purpose. That purpose is to let you know that he is the light shining in the darkness of your world, of your soul. He hasn't given up on you, but Christ endured the cross, rose again three days later, not as an unwilling participant, But he did it with an attitude of humility, recognizing that it wasn't about him, it was about you. He went to the cross for you, because he loves you. He is this light that's illuminating the darkness. Hope shines through attitudes, not simply actions. For others of you today, we're called to be those shining stars in the darkness of our world. It starts with your attitude. Your attitude is formed and shaped through what you allow in your heart. Are you feeding your fear every day or your your faith? Is your attitude being fueled by everything you read on Facebook, watch on the news, or see posted on Instagram? Or, Or is your attitude being shaped and formed by what God's word says about your life and the world we live in? So you can have all the right actions, but hope shines through your attitudes, not simply actions. Now this doesn't negate the actions, but Paul is writing that Christ's attitude was an integral part of what he accomplished and represented on this earth. This week, let's look for ways to help others. Maybe make a phone call, check in on your neighbors, share something encouraging on on social media. But remember, it's not simply about your actions. Your hope, hope shines through your attitudes. And maybe you're watching today and this has been an overwhelming moment in your life, one that you will never forget. In fact, you don't know how things are gonna happen, what's going to unfold tomorrow, this week, this next month. You're so overwhelmed and you feel like that person standing in the middle of a dark room. You don't know where the light switch is or even if there is a light switch. And today, I want to tell you there's a switch. There is a light switch. There is hope. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And he will not abandon you. 
And wherever you're watching today, I'm going to pray in a minute. You can pray with me or you can just participate however you want. But I'm going to pray. And what I want you to do, if you're like, man, I need Jesus in my life. I've never taken that step. I'm not asking you to be a religious person or be part of a church or anything like that. I'm asking you to say, I want to welcome the light, Jesus, into my life. I want to experience the hope that he embodied with his life, his actions, and his attitudes. I want to invite that into my life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to pray here in a minute. And after I pray, I'm going to ask you to do one quick thing. Would you all bow your heads with me wherever you are in your, your living room, your bedroom, the kitchen, car, wherever it might be. We just take a moment and bow our heads and pray to God. If you feel comfortable, pray these words with me. You can pray it out loud or just whisper it. But I want you to join me with your own words, your own act of your will, to pray this prayer with me. Let's, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me where I am. Even in my overwhelming circumstances, I know you have not forgotten me. As I stand in this darkness, bring light into my life. Let me experience the hope that Jesus embodied. I commit my life to you, Jesus. I accept your forgiveness for my past, for my mistakes. I commit to live for your purposes your good purposes. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.